Welcome everybody to Podcast A Week for this week. Today, as I record this and upload this, assuming I upload this by the next hour, which means it would be the next day, but today is the 16th of January, 2018. How are you doing? It's been a very exciting and busy week for me. If you if you go check my Twitter, you'll see why. I'm not going to talk about that much, if at all, on this very podcast. This very podcast is more devoted to me talking to other people. I am not important. I am just a person with hands and feet and faces, like the rest of you. Unless you don't have a face, you're the the faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home. That's the Welcome to Night Vale thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's very exciting. And everyone that was so kind as to wish me congratulations and and say say a nice thing or two, that, that was overwhelming and very nice of you. And thank you. But on with the podcast, we're talking about the film that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Barry is here to talk about that. And here is that discussion. Welcome back to Podcast a Week. Back in 2014, a little film kind of came out of nowhere-ish called Guardians of the Galaxy. No one really knew what it was. No one really was like, oh, I want a Guardians of the Galaxy film. But then that film turned out to be quite great. So a number of films later, they have a sequel. 14th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Barry, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Gareth, and to everyone listening. We're into the technically third year we've been doing this podcast. Are we really? Wow. Yeah, we started this in 2016. Wow! Wow! I did. I did not realize that. I. I. I thought it was a 2017 venture exclusively. That's. That's impressive. That's how many films there are? Yeah, there's a lot. I suppose that's probably the real. That's what we really learned here is that there's a lot of these. Yeah, because basically every time we come close to catching up, they continue to release new ones. Yeah, we're actually. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer. I think they've released five. Like in in the time I think since we started doing this, they've released five films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 intense. <laughs> so we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, not two, Volume Two this time. What are the headline thoughts? What do you think? Uh, yeah, so I, I remember coming out of this um, and liking it first time, uh, thinking it was just a, a level or two below the the original. And uh, yeah, this is one that I, upon revisiting it, I, I was about the same on it. Um, I think it does a lot of the same things well. I think it does some things even a little better, and I think it does a, a handful of things worse. Um, so I, I don't think it's in the upper echelon where the original Guardians is on the MCU rankings. But I think it's it's you know it's, it's in that high mid area. Hmm. Um, I, I was I was pretty down on this when I saw it the first time. Yeah, I I, I was I was a little torn on it. As I was watching it, and I thought I thought they stuck the final act pretty well. Yep. Um, which meant, as I came out of it, I was over overall positive. And as I say, yeah, I, I had pretty much the exact same uh, feeling watching it here. And yeah, like you say, you know, little down. I think I think I think part of my problem with this film, we'll just just to dive right into it, is I I don't think it's as funny as the first one. What I what I think the problem is on that line. I think it tries to be funny in the same way. You know, like, Dave Batista was, like, the breakout star of the first one, so it's, like, just more Batista, I guess. Which is, like, he's he's good, but it's just... I don't think it's anything new. And I think that's my, my that was my biggest problem when I saw this the first time, was it's a lot of the first one again. Yeah. And and Batista actually was my kind of main grievance when I saw the film the first time and, and stuck with me again the second time. Is he, it, it, 
funnily enough, kind of like, a, you know, in WWE, when something kind of catches on, they just double down on it and, and overdo it to the point that it's no longer fun. And I feel like Batista's character was um, kind of amped up in some ways that I just didn't enjoy. A, a little too over the top, a little too frequent with the really hearty belly laugh. No, oh, the, um, the laugh. The laugh is particularly the worst bit, yeah. The laugh is, is grating. And, and they're doing the thing where, you know, he's obviously, you know, he that was a big smash hit of the first film was that he doesn't really uh, interpret sayings and stuff and he's maybe a bit socially um, awkward around people and so they parlayed that into a sort of relationship in this film which was interesting but they they, I think they just laid it on too thick where he he wasn't um, where he wasn't quite picking up the signals uh, uh, from his love interest there a bit and it was a little too much and and so and so as you say yeah that and, and a couple of other ways it did feel like it was kind of just doing an imitation basically i'm trying to put like what's the difference between batista in the first one and batista in the second one one like it was unexpected in the first one so like it's batista so you don't really expect him to be funny and you don't really because like no one says dave batista's well actually anyone that's watched w television knows he's an extremely charismatic man but you don't expect him to be like haha hilarious and he was but it was kind of like that understated unexpected like like he was the butt of the joke rather than making the joke and it just, it did just feel like every word out of his mouth in this entire film is meant to be a punchline, and that's just far too much. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, they lead they leaned into it, and and I I mean like and I can understand that as well. I mean, look, that was that was uh, a big talking point from the first one, but uh, did did not pay off in in my opinion. Mm. So the the big crux of this, which actually I I found this interesting rewatching this film this morning because the first time I somehow missed like like the first, the thing that was in my head coming out of this film the first time was like oh there wasn't much of a through line through the whole film and then watching it the end of the day it's like oh family yeah they they beat you over the head with that how did I miss yeah. that <laughs> I I couldn't believe like they outright used the we're not friends we're family line yep. Um, like not only is that kind of on the nose anyway, but now we're in a post Fast and Furious world where they made that their thing. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, it's like it's like, geez, like that is really on the nose, and that's really, um, um, yeah. It's you know, it, I mean, it's I mean, look, there's a million films that have this general vibe about it, but yeah, I forgot that Batista straight up says it in this. Yeah, and it again, that just feels like that's kind of a lesson that was learned in the first film, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, we 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 have been there. We done. We did that. And another. And, and and again, you know, Nebula at one point kind of says, "Oh, all you guys do is fight." Blah blah blah. It's like, well, yeah. Again, okay. We've we've seen the first film. Mm-hmm. They don't get along. That's kind of what their thing is. Like we get it. It was a, a little bit of retreading over the over the same stuff. But again, it's like I think you know. Whereas that first one was a it was a weird mesh of a big budget blockbuster, but it was also experimental in its own weird way. It was these lesser known characters, a, a sort of a, a, a weird director. James Gunn has a very weird kind of uh, catalog behind him. He's not he's not someone I would typically prior to this would have typically associated with with big budget blockbusters. Uh, and and it, you know unusual cast obviously you know um, uh, you know taking on Batista and a few other people here or there who maybe stand out and 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 then this one is kind of the antithesis of that it's like it's a very safe film a lot of the same people are involved but they are just they're 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 hitting their checks you know they're checking off their list rather is probably what I meant to say of of all the things that they think made the first one good and they made this one just you know, kind of good. 
And you're, you're right, like, the, the first one's like, oh, Chris Pratt's an unconventional lead, and, like, they cast Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper in the film, but if you went into the film without knowing they're in it, you wouldn't know they're in it. Whereas this time, it's like, hey, look, it's a Sly Stallone cameo. Yeah, yeah, which is odd, and, and there's the whole thing about that, that, you know, maybe he's in there because it's not just a cameo. Maybe maybe they'll go somewhere with, um, uh, with that, um... Uh, uh, subset of characters because obviously he's, I, it, it does kind of feel like a cameo uh, when he's um, you know he has his one brief scene in the beginning and then he has one later on and then he has a post credit scene but that post credit scene kind of makes you feel like yeah they didn't they didn't get sliced alone in here just to do five minutes in this movie mm-hmm. I believe the the ravagers as they are in 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 this cinematic universe uh, I'm pretty much ignorant on this. This is just something I read after the fact, but I believe they are more or less the original composition of the comic book Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that Specifically, the, the, the characters shown in the post credit scene, not the ones that are in the, the, the crux of the movie, but in, um, in Slice Alone's uh, post credit scene, those those characters are the original, or some of the original Guardians. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe they brought him on board because they might want him to helm a, a Marvel's version of the Expendables uh, uh, oh, somewhere God. down the line. Which I, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't know that I necessarily liked him in this film, but I think they could probably make that work if they got the right the right people involved. So you figure that's more like spin-off fodder than sequel fodder? Uh, kind of, yeah. I think I think they... Again, I was just doing some reading up after I watched this, this film last night, and I think they addressed... They're like, hey, we're just putting it out there, you know. that That's not us saying there's going to be a Ravagers film or anything, but... And I think the the exact quote would be that it would um, the next Guardians film. I think they confirmed is you know after Infinity War and after um, uh, Avengers Four, which I guess is, is that is that still Infinity War Part Two? Uh, it will have a different title, but yeah, it'll have a different title. Okay, yeah, the so, second part of that so, story. So they confirmed Guardians uh, uh, Three will be after the fourth Avengers film. It has a twenty twenty release. Yeah, the the official line is that you know we're not you know we're not saying they'll be in it, but if they are going to be in anything, they'll be in a sequel rather than a spin off. But I thought that was interesting. You know, again, there's a, there's actually um, a lot of fan service uh, in this movie. I think there's a lot of fan service in the first one as well. But lots of little cameos, lots of little people that I I obviously you can tell by the nature of the scenes, like the San Lee scene. Is like okay, I don't know who these guys are, but they are obviously meant to be someone. Uh, the Watchers, I believe they they were, or, or something to that effect, isn't it? The the big brained characters. Yeah, they're just some weird Marvel alien that might or might not yeah. mean anything. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll come back again, like the Ravagers. Maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we won't. We just put it out there for fun for now. Uh, also, uh, Adam Warlock in another post credit scene. You yeah. know, for some reason, this was the film where they were like, "We're going to do five. I don't, I don't really know why this one, but uh... <laughs> they did. I like that that whole subplot, like the whole like golden people, whatever they were called. That literally felt like if you took that out of the film, I think it's a better film. One, but like that felt uh, we're setting up the next film. Especially you know the, the post credit scene made that explicit. But like after seeing the post credit scene, and you you think about the the role like that whole like side plot played in the film, it's just like is that there entirely just to set up the third one? Yeah. Kind of. That's 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 what I got from it. Um, um, yeah, especially with that with that scene. Though you did mention the Stan Lee cameo. That technically, the cameo in this film confirms that it's the same Stan Lee in every film. Yes. Yeah. Which was not a theory I was really aware of until until this. But uh, but there you go. Hey, that's fun. I mean, whatever. So I guess that means he's the only character who spans the many different filmic universes. Yes. 
Um, you know, and hey, you know, Marvel, the comic books, and even the cartoons back in the day. I mean, Marvel have done their their share of dimension hopping. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, Stan Lee, he's seen the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, the Andrew Garfield Spider Man, <laughs> and he's seen the Iron Man, and he's I was he in Blade. I'm sure he was. Probably uh, he was in the X Men. Um, yeah, I actually can't remember if he was in Blade. Um, maybe I mean that might have been a time before that was really a thing. Was it was um, X Men the first one? Blade. Uh, oh no, X Men would have been two thousand. So, so was that the first one I Stanley be- was in. I perhaps yeah, because I, I do believe he has been in basically all of them since then, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um. So yeah, I'm actually going to look this up right now on on air because I don't want to leave the listeners hanging. He was he was also uh, in Big Hero Six. Uh, is that a Marvel movie or is that just him being in there for funsies? That's a, a Marvel property. Yeah. Is it really? Oh, I, I actually haven't seen that yet, and I know it's supposed to be great, and I, I do mean to get to it. I thought that was just a Disney thing. Because it, 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 is, it is like made by the Disney Animation Studio, but it's a Marvel property. Uh, oh, it's like an article here. Which Marvel movies have not included Stan Lee cameos, and why? Uh, this it, uh, it appears to be some kind of forum thread. The poster says, I recently saw Fantastic Four 2015, and I noticed that it did not include a Stan Lee cameo. That's interesting. That's, I mean, obviously, that film was a fucking train wreck, so maybe that's why. <laughs> but, like, um, I, I, that is actually kind of weird. I mean, even... Because it's not like he's only ever been in good movies. I mean, that would be... A, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the person has a list here. 1989 Captain America movie. 1990s Fatal Four... Uh, Fatal Four. Fantastic Four B movie. Howard the Duck. Uh, he hasn't been in any of the Punisher movies, which is... That's interesting, because that's, that's also post-X-Men. Yeah. Um, and the Captain America short films... Um, do yeah so we got any comments on blade here oh yeah actually there's there's um quite a few he he wasn't in blade one or two he was not in he was not in x2 wow i would have guessed he was in all the x-men films uh he was not in the punisher he was not in blade trinity electra ghost rider punisher Warzone, uh, x-men origins x-men first class ghost rider spirit of vengeance and the wolverine um, so yeah, a decent amount actually. That's more than I would have. Um, that's more than I would have expected. But still, he's doing. He's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. He is. And as I said, combined universe. No, actually, now that I mentioned it, Disney now owns all of those universes. So. Yeah, I guess that's new since the last time we did a show. Yeah, Disney bought out all the entertainment assets of Fox, which means they now own the X Men, and they have partnered with Sony, so they now have Spider Man. So Disney have it all now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, they're obviously the real world, you know, aspect of, of Disney just being this ever growing conglomerate. They are going to end up like that company in Wally <laughs> that, that, that just makes that, you know, looks like a soda brand, but in the future they own everything. Yep. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, obviously we talk about comic book movies on this, so the, the implications of that are interesting. You know, Hank Hill and the Avengers. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, Malcolm's mom from Malcolm in the Middle, you know. All these um, hot properties. I forgot about Malcolm um, in the Middle. I wonder. I wonder if. Um, I wonder if Marvel. I think they probably could. I wonder if they could like make a good Fantastic Four movie. Well, the uh, first, like the first one was okay. The, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't offensive. It was. It was all right. The yeah. sequel was pretty poor, and then the the reboot was poor. And yeah. they just basically Disney now own Fantastic Four, and they own the Incredibles. Just make a live action Incredibles, and job done. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, 
I, I think they could. That just feels to me. There are certain characters that I, I think we've talked about this that just I just don't think they're meant for standalone films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulk, obviously, you know the, the MCU Hulk was okay, but I'm I think we're, we both kind of agreed we're fine with Hulk just being in the ensemble movies. Yep. Um, Fantastic Four. I think they can be in a decent movie, but I think unless they got some really visionary director and screenwriter who adore the franchise and had this grandiose plan, you'd have to imagine it would be in the bottom tier of the MCU. Still have that MCU seal of quality to it, but but I just, I don't know that there's a compelling uh, uh, film with these characters to be made, but that's another another discussion for another day. So yeah, back to back to Guardians 2. We're talking very broadly about Marvel here. I don't know that there's a, a whole bunch really to say about this. I guess the big hook for this one was that... Um, first appearance of Ego in any film, of, of any variety, I believe. I might be wrong on that. Yeah, he's hinted at uh, in Guardians 1 when it's like, oh, your father is not from Earth. And then this is where he actually shows up. And then he dies. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, um, you know, I like the the um, the arc of Peter kind of coming to grips with his dad i feel like it is a bit on the nose the whole thing of my dad's back so i'm gonna abandon my friends oh no my dad's bad i I gotta go stick to my friends you know that's even the first time i was watching it i was like god that's it's super on the nose it's super ridiculous but it's fine you know i liked it and and i think what really saved it was the the very surprising but very pleasantly surprising uh arc of uh yondu as um as the unlikely father figure, because you don't you don't really think of it in the first film, but it is you know acknowledged that he basically raised Peter from the age of like you know eight or nine or whatever he was. Yep, and he um, he's, he's he pretty much serves as a side character. He's like a, a more of a, like a thorn in the side villain in the first film as opposed to like an actual character. So it's it's nice that they're they kind of explored some of the side characters here in the sequel as well. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, that, like I said, it was it was um, a, a pleasant twist to it. Uh, and obviously, when, you know, when the big, when the, the end rolled around, um, I was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was one, of, it was one of the better, not that there's not that many, but it was one of the better Marvel deaths I feel like we've had in, in a while. The punch lands. Yeah, it does. It does. Whereas, like, uh, for some of these films, even if there's not a death at the end, the ending is just kind of like, all right, let's move on, we're done. But I think, I think the punch really does land here. It's just like, oh, this is a, a somber, touching moment. Yeah, and and Michael Rooker is is fantastic, obviously. And they they, um, they didn't really have to tie themselves in knots for why he stayed behind on the planet, which is rare. Usually, it's just like right, we have to contrive like four reasons for why he can't escape with them. You know, somebody has to stay mm-hmm. behind with a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, it, it it all worked. You know, uh, uh, he had, he also had again. You know, uh, talking of that final scene when Rocket gave him the. The, the one, you know, the last you know, space suit he had. And, and kind of knowing that he would give it to Quill, I think that's, you know, that that was implied. Um, Rocket and Yondu had their little their little arc in this film, which was unexpected. And again, you know, uh, Rocket is this kind of interesting character where he could be this little punchline machine, but he also has this uh, kind of sad backstory where he has no real family and, and, you know, he's this weird monstrosity that was created in a lab and he and Yandu kind of bonded over that. Like, like I said, the, the final act, I think, really, I think it sticks the landing. It's one of those weird things where it kind of doesn't stick the rest of it. It's it's mm. it's kind of awkwardly dangling around in the air, and then it hits a perfect a perfect landing. <laughs> um, um, 
but uh, yeah, so so that, that was really great. And Kurt Russell, I thought was uh, solid. Um, you know, he's a good performer. I just, I thought that the ego character. I thought that the dynamic between him and Quill was 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 good, but again, it just kind of devolved into like he li- he literally just wants to take over the entire universe. Like that's his motivation, yep. and so it's uh, it's it's really hard to engage in. Um. Uh, and it's also a, a bit wacky that, like, in this one film, smack in the middle of, you know, like, probably a trilogy is probably a wrong color, but, you know, in, in the second iteration of the film, we, we find out this character has these magical powers and he immediately loses them. Yep. Um, and he only know, loses so... them so he can't, like, fly off the planet himself so they can... Actually, no, they might contrive some reasons there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, and it's more so that, you know, we have this intriguing character aspect, but... But it ain't sticking around for another film. Yep. We gotta, we, you know, we can't have you ruin an Infinity War. Yeah, we, can't, um, we can't have a literal god come down and just strike Thanos away and like, well, that's the end of this universe. Yeah, and and, and I think that's why the the middle part of the film just weighs a little bit. It's just like you know, Ego's you know character is fine, but it, by the numbers in terms of motivation and 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 I said you can just you can see a mile away. The the direction of of Quill being you know wooed by his father, even though it's you know you, you're waiting for the reveal, you're waiting for the reveal that he goes actually an asshole, um, and you and and the big reunion, it was all very safe. I really uh, I really didn't like the decision for him to be like yeah, and then I killed your mom. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean like- I. You, you could have had Quill come to the realization that this guy's gonna destroy the world. That's probably good to stop him without being like the "Oh, I killed your mom too." Twirl mustache. Yeah, or or even if they wanted to have him be the the one who killed her, have something about that confrontation just didn't really suit me. I think he kind of admitted it a bit too freely. Mm. Uh, it, you know, it, it just it, it didn't super work for me. And another another problem I had with that kind of middle section of the film, and really hammered at home watching it back again. Uh, was the uh, I don't want to say it, it's not bad CGI. I can't put my finger on it, but something about the film just doesn't look as good as the last one did. It's a very jarring. I think part of it is it's going for more of a natural aesthetic uh, in this one, whereas the last one, it's you know everything's either in space. Uh, Nova, probably, you know, looks kind of glossy and, and a bit uncanny valley, but the, kind of the dingier, grimier locations they're in in the first one, they look great. And and in this one, it's like, it's not this bad, so I don't mean to invoke this prematurely, but it's a little Star Wars prequel. Mm. Uh, Ego's planet, it's all very, like, fake. So And it's, you know, it's it's a gorgeous setting. It is beautiful. It's te- it is technically impressive on some level. But the the scenes where they're they're first appearing on Ego's planet and they're still he's still in their good books and they're just marveling at the nature of it. It's like oh this this just looks super fake. It just looks like they're they're standing against a, a green screen. Super impressive modern day twenty seventeen green screen, but it's still still something tough about rendering you know like nature uh, realistically as opposed to the first film kind of rendering grimy noir you know. Uh, punk kind of vibe you know it's it's this one just it just there was a little too much of it and the theme just just made it hard to 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 uh really blend them in there with the with the characters yeah and the i think the worst cgi in the film is you know when they, he was unleashing his weird goop on the world yes that yeah looked bad. that looked very bad yeah and, and that was also like uh 
it's like, that, again, it's just, that was a weird way to visualize what was happening. Mm. Um, and as you say, it wasn't. You know, it, it was weird conceptually, and in execution, it was also not super. Um, so yeah, you know, they, it, it, this one was rough around the edges in in the way the first one wasn't. I mean, the first big problem with the first one was, you know, it was for my money anyway was. You know, the kind of MacGuffin-centric plot. They were literally just trying to... Everyone was fighting for position of an object. But they, they everything else around it ran so smoothly that you kind of... You just go, eh, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's, it's you know, it's not going to be perfect. Whereas this, it's like there's like just enough like little things kind of bothering you about it that, that need it's just... It's a bit wishy-washy, unfortunately. Um, still great music, though. I was uh, even Even, the, like, the score... I, this film made me appreciate the Guardians of the Galaxy theme song more. Yes, yeah. Um, it's I think it's maybe a step or two behind the uh, Avengers main theme, but uh, it's certainly up there with the most kind of recognizable music in, in, in this uh, franchise's limited. You know, obviously they don't have a whole lot of great music, but uh, yeah. And that score is done by Tyler Bates. Yes, the, the, the Tyler Bates with an S. Yes. Who, if you like, if you, I watched the WWE UK special that they did in what was it May, and JR kept calling Tyler Bates Tyler Bates, so maybe he was making <laughs> that mistake. Uh, possibly, yeah, possibly. He's a big fan of the MCU, is JR. <laughs> Just watching Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, but yeah, did actually did you like the the actual soundtrack as much as the first? Uh, yeah, I did. I think it was one of the aspects where you could make the argument it was as good, if not maybe even a little bit better. I think. Mm. I think uh, you know some some maybe um, uh, some kind of lesser known is probably wrong. I mean, you got you know Cat Stevens and a couple of other people on there who are super popular, but uh, uh, it's it's one of the rare ways that I think this film is like less on the nose than the first one. First one has an incredible soundtrack, but they're like they're all pretty solid. You could probably. If someone told you the general theme of the story and the the era from which his mom was from, you could probably put that playlist together yourself. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you're doing the film. This one, it's a, a little less um, uh, a, a little less obvious, and I think much better for it. Um, yeah, and as you said, the some of the original music is is great. Uh, James Gunn, I think, said that the the, the song was playing when when we first see Yondu on the on the. In the, with the with the robot, I think they're robot hookers. I think that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know that that's an original composition. They had a, like a, a, a like EDM musician or something composed. Really cool, atmospheric kind of thing. You'd almost expect to hear like in the background of like a Blade Runner movie or something. Mm. Um. Uh. You know. He. Yeah. I think he said that was the first kind of full proper track they had composed for these films, uh, which is neat. Uh, yeah. You know. So. So. Uh, yeah, maybe by the time Infinity War ends and we start and uh, uh, start all over again with the MCU, they'll they'll up their their score composition efforts because uh, some of these films have have good uh, soundtrack compilations, but but the actual great original music is is pretty sporadic. I will say, they had David David Hasselhoff singing a song on this uh, on this film, so. Yeah, so so that's that's proof right there that they are stepping their game up. They're trying, and he also cameoed in it, but and yeah, yeah, he's uh, is oh yeah, oh yeah, he was ego, and he was also then in the credits as well. So yep, uh, I like I like that, that that like Quills. That was his kind of idea of of the cool dad he wanted was was David Hasselhoff. You know, it's a Every, nice touch. Everyone wanted Knight Rider when they were a child. 
Yeah. And you know what? I was actually a big Baywatch fan. Oh, really? I have uh, absolutely no idea in hindsight why. Oh, but... no, none idea. No, none at all. Hey, no, I mean, it's like, it's not, I'll say this. I, You know, I watched a lot, of, a lot of garbage when I was younger. And I go back and I look at it fondly, but... I mean, I was even, like, I was watching Baywatch, like, it was, like, my favorite show before I, I was old enough to really appreciate, you know, your, your Pam Anderson's et al, you know, on that show. For some reason, I just thought it was it was cool. But, uh, yeah, we all we all respect the Hoff here. Did you, did you watch the Baywatch movie, the Rock one? I did not. I don't think I will either. I, yeah. I might watch, I might watch that, uh... That Jumanji movie, people are saying it's like not terrible. It's like yeah, I was, my brother like it has like seventy odd percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and my brother swore it was good, and I refused to believe it because The Rock ruins childhoods. It, that's a known fact. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's 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 on a bit of a down streak lately. It seems like Fast and the Furious has been his like only certified hit, but uh, but no, you know that one seems to be that, that one seems to be doing okay. So that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do like. By the way, speaking of the music, I like. I liked the uh, the zoom, uh at the end of this one. I was giving out earlier about like sequel setup. I do like each film ending in a way that allows them to have new and different music in the sequel. And it's funny because it's like when they obviously must have gotten like approval from like Windows to use the zoom logo and the zoom name yep. and stuff. But did they know when they were, like, discussing it that it's, like, going to be a joke that these aliens, like, this is what the humans are all listening to in 2017, which it's, like, it's not. That's the joke. But, uh, but yeah. Unless, unless maybe Windows, do they even make Zunes anymore? I, I just, don't. I just Googled it. They discontinued it in June of 2012. That, I, I thought as much. I was like, yeah, that definitely feels like, I recall the discontinuation of it because I recall everyone just joking that, like, you know, who has a Zune anymore? But uh, there was four generations of Zune. I'll have you know. I I believe I had a Zune. Oh. I think I did have a Zune. Um, again, it, like one of my first kind of MP3 players, where much like Quill in this film, I was like, "What? Three hundred songs on <laughs> yeah. one device, and it's color screened with the album art on it." That blew my mind. You know, nothing well, wrong with a Zune. Those were the days. When... Yeah, they were all right. The 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 uh, some people are nostalgic for CDs and cassettes, records, eight tracks. I don't know. There's something mind blowing about the first MP3 player you ever had. Yep. Uh, that is pretty damn cool. I gotta say. You don't have to change the CDs. <laughs> no, no. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Decent highs, uh, pretty inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. But still, still, if you're you know, my my thing to go by is if you're marathoning these before you know Infinity War, you want to skip some and you want to include some others. You can you can keep this one in. This is it's, it's worth revisiting. Yeah. Uh, you, you watch uh, this. And, and uh, we uh, we have ha- obviously since we last recorded, we have had the Infinity War trailer. The important thing to remember as well, like that that I, we, I'm sure we talked about it on the, fir- the first Guardians episode, but that was the surprise like box office hit. Of of that year, like it was just a colossal thing that everyone saw and loved, and so they kind of they instantly kind of made that a household name, and now it's going to fuse with the other big household name of the Avengers and Spider Man is in it. Um, Who knows? I'm not gonna, we're we're I'm at the not stage gonna, where they might be able to slip an X Men cameo in there. 
who knows? You know what? They just might. They could do a really crappy one, like in Suicide Squad, when Jai Courtney and Ezra Miller obviously had a quote-unquote conversation where neither of them were in the same shot at the same time. Yep. Um, just to have, you know, like, oh, God, that was so terrible. I remember why. Among the <laughs> many questions I had after that movie, the first thing I came out of was like, it is so painfully obvious those two people were not on set at the same time. And I also don't think Flash was even, like, on a set because it really looked like he zipped in front of a green screen. That was bad. So, yeah, just pop, you know, Hugh Jackman in there and 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 do the Radioactive Man Simpsons thing where you just edit the conversation together. <laughs> And you're make your your next thing you know you're knocking Avatar off the top spot, um, which I do not think will happen. Just for the record, but uh, but yeah, I think I think they I think they may certainly compete with. Uh, I think they may nip at the heels of all the previous Avengers films and pa- possibly overtake them and maybe even nip at the heels of uh, Force Awakens. Mm. Um, which, uh, I, I, I really think... want Avatar to be knocked off that top spot. Yeah, I just had no affinity. I thought it was I was I was a strong Avatar defender at the time. I thought it was cool, but it's not. You know, like it's just such a it's a cool film to watch once, and that's it. Um, I you know, I think I think most people, even people who like it, are in agreement that it's just like it's not anything like special or memorable that it that it deserved that spot. But yeah, you know, it was James Cameron. He, he, he was gone for a few years. He came back and. 3D was the thing, you know. Yeah. But and I think I mean nobody wants these sequels. Nobody wants these five sequels he's making. It's such it's so bizarre that like this is the highest grossing film of all time and like the like no one really talks about the film anymore and no one wants the sequels, but it's still the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's such it's such a perfect uh summary of, of how quickly the zeitgeist can change because when that came out and it made the most money of all time people were just like yeah of course it did it's avatar yeah of course and, th- and now it's just like it's just like we're, we're, we're six or seven years removed we're like that's like it it's it's almost difficult to understand how it even happened mm. but uh especially because every because it's an original ip i mean say what you will about the script but the, the 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 brand is original and everything else in the top charts is superheroes and star wars and and all your favorite shit's coming back, and you know, and that's just this weird thing where it's actually an original idea. So that's very, very odd. But um, I guess we could probably, yeah. You know, well, I was going to say we we won't speak again before the next film, but of course we will. We've got what a month and a half until Black Panther's out. Yeah, February sixteenth. So I would assume we do what's next? Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. So I'm very excited to rewatch that. I haven't seen that since the cinema, but. Uh, Good ass movie, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I'm also very look- much looking forward to Black Panther, obviously. As well, we've had, we actually, I think, since the last time we were on, we've had a trailer for that as well. Yeah, uh, uh, that looks neat. And Black Panther features pretty prominently in the Infinity War trailer as well. So, yeah, that that, that Infinity War trailer. Just for, I don't bounce around topics here as well, but uh, that's a cool trailer. I did kind of get Ultron vibes from it. Mm. There's a lot. There's it's... a lot of like smashing, pointless, faceless looking robots. A lot of lot of smashing of things, and the big CGI villain who gives the ominous oh, yeah. monologue. The trailer, like that. Look, that Ultron trailer was cool as hell, and I was hyped for that movie before it came out. You know, and to be fair, this is made by you know filmmakers I'm more on board with. But uh, that trailer dropped the day after I saw Justice League, which was not super good, but it was not super bad either. I, I 
I didn't have a hot take on Justice League one way or the other. And I, I watched that trailer, and I was just like, man, I, I'm just... I don't need any more of these movies where they team up and they fight CGI things for 40 minutes. Mm. And, and You know what I mean? I I'm, I know not everything could be Logan, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of tired. But, uh, but yeah. But then they we'll, look at uh, the we'll... old Avengers theme, and you're like, eh. Oh, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. My problems with the robot Spider-Man suit. But that's neither here nor there. I'm excited. Before we go, Barry plugs. Uh, yeah, twitter.com slash the Barry Lad. Uh, got kind of lazy in the in the last year. New year, I'm going to try and get back in the, the swing of streaming stuff. You can go to the barrylad.com, which is my, my blogging site. Got a little uh, rundown of what I'm planning to do on the YouTube channel. Got links to the YouTube channel on there. Uh, some new Hitman content and stuff like that coming up soon. But Twitter is the main place, at the Barry Lad, for, for updates on what's going down. That is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, as always, to Barry for coming on to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm sure we'll be back sooner rather than later to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Next week, me and the lovely Michael Vincente talk about a long-awaited episode, or at least long-promised episode. We talk about the Canadian Football League. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK, or you can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Garrett Gidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.